Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another episode of Analytics and Eyeballs. It's Monday night, which means uh, we are here to talk numbers and what our eyes have seen in NCAA hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight, live from Phoenix, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York, and... uh, we're ready to talk some hockey tonight. We got a great guest coming on as we continue, not really a week, but Administrators Month. How about that? We're going to bring on the uh, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics from Lindenwood University, Jason Coomer, in about 15 minutes or so. But, Paul, how are you tonight? Um, It really was a beautiful day here today. I, I can't lie about that. Oh, that's um, always good news. I mean, it was basically... <laughs> um, mid 60s maybe a little higher i didn't really uh, look specific but i mean it was even this morning when i walked out of the house at 4 30 this morning it was uh it was i it wasn't even where you could see my breath when i was breathing so it uh you know uh, for october 31st i'll take that every time absolutely and happy halloween to everybody out there uh, <laughs> there was uh some disguises this weekend paul um, really, the University of North Dakota dressed up as a team that was going to get beat by uh, an unranked team. Currently, at the moment, anyway, all right. was yeah, unranked. Cal- all right, now calm down, <laughs> calm down. Don't don't play into that garbage. <laughs> the and, um, and Arizona State University put on a costume that said, "We're tough to beat, no matter um, what the building is." That's fine. I don't care if you say you could say that. That's that's fine. Um, you have to back up the statement. When you make it, so we'll see. But so two wins against Anchorage and two wins against Minnesota would do it. Um, do they play Anchorage then Minnesota? Isn't there somebody yeah. in between? I don't know. Well, I know they They're play, play two games at Clarkson. Oh yeah, well, that's a tough two. place to play. First so of all, you have to all, get there. Go get six wins in a row. Make it eleven and four when you come back after Thanksgiving. Oh well, listen. If you do that, now you've now you've set yourself up for something big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, you have. Okay. Because uh, you're halfway to my magic number. You need 22. No, no, stop, stop. You need 22 no, 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 to get no, no, into the no, national tournament. No, 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 no. Let's, 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 let's calm down with this 22 stuff. First of all, the magic wins. numbers. No. <laughs> oh, no, you just, talk, just. Talk to no. me in March. Talk to me in March. It's, and it's not nearly enough. <laughs> That's not nearly enough? No. 22 wins? No. Yeah, 22 no, wins. No, it's are, not. You are golden at 22. No, it's not. And, and With this schedule, with the teams that they're playing and the wins that they'd have to have over teams, 22 wins is golden. Uh, I would say, once again, that is not accurate. <laughs> okay, Why? Get the mouse, How many do you think they got to have? If, if I can get the mouse on my computer to actually work, how many do you think they have to have? Oh, uh, if you give me a second, I could, because I don't do this sort of stuff. This is your <laughs> game. Um, but I could sit there and tell you that, I mean, uh, to, to play it quote-unquote real for a moment and not because the magic number is still one, okay? Um, whether you like it or not, okay? One, two, three, four. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. All Hornstein doing math, counting on the air, folks. Okay. counting on the air. There are 14 games from January 20th on. Okay. All right, so at this point, you are 5 and 4. Correct. So let's just, for argument's sake... Because nobody is going to, it's hard to win 14 games in a row. But based on numbers and pairwise numbers, at worst, at worst in those games, ASU can afford to go 12, 12 and 2. So that's already 17 games. Okay. All right. So now what you're saying is in, oh, I'm sorry. And then you got to add, you have one, two, three, 
four, five, six. Just give me a number. Seven, I'm trying to give us. you a number. Because <laughs> right? there's another two games coming up that they're at home and they can't afford to lose. So that already puts you at 19. So that means you're saying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You're saying in those other fifteen games they only have to go five and ten? No chance. No chance. So what are you telling me? You, you think they have a thirty-six game schedule? Correct. You don't think that twenty-two I, I, and no 22 minimum and 14 minimum gets them in? minimum twenty-four minimum. Ah, okay. Okay, Paul Hornson gave you a magic number, folks. It's minimum 24. <laughs> minimum. <laughs> they got to go 24 and 12 on the year. It's just, listen, that's just, you know. 24 um, and 12, folks. That's a magic number. 24. That's a minimum. Oh, we've got five down. We've got that's five. That's a minimum. Down, so, okay. Oh, I think they can surpass that. I'm just saying that get 22 first and then uh, see. No, where get you to stand. six first. Get to 22 first and see where you stand. Anyway. Get to six first. That's enough. We, we talked enough Sun Devil hockey now to probably. No, you can. No, every, no, no. Let's every time other out. First of all, throw up. that's fine, but you can never talk enough Sun Devil hockey. Oh, oh, Coach Mayotte, are you listening, my friend? I didn't say you couldn't <laughs> talk Colorado college hockey. I just said you can never talk enough Sun Devil hockey. Get it right. How about you, Pioneers? Are you listening tonight? I'll still say it again. Lindenwood on board. It's fine. We've got the AD from Lindenwood coming on. Love Coach Zombo. You know that. I uh, hope he I does. It. I love it. So, but anyway, the polls came out tonight. They did. Uh, Paul's Super 16 is coming up. Um, do you want to do that right now, right away, before uh, we bring on Jason? Get it out of the way. Listen, I don't run. Listen. Talk about. I am just a peasant. I am yeah. just a peon. Okay, I only do, do what this. I'm told. Let's You're do the boss. Quickly. We got eight minutes to get this in, and, and it's big, but we'll get it in. I'll read them. You tell me what you think. If they, uh, what, what if do you mean? If I, do I tell you what I, I, I did tell you what I think. I gave you the sixteen. <laughs> All right, here they are, folks. Number one, Michigan at seven and one. Denver number two at six and two. Uh, the University of Minnesota at five and three is in the number three spot. The Fighting Sioux, actually, the Fighting Hawks. But Paul's got them at number four at three, three, and one. Yeah. Woo, man. And then UConn, number five at seven, one, and one. Um, okay. Um, defend yourself. How does North Dakota stay number four? Um, part of that is because everybody else lost. <laughs> Not Ohio State, seven, one, and one. No, they didn't. Well, Not they're... UMass, five, one, and one. Well, that's well, no, UMass did lose. Well, they didn't lose. Let's see, I gotta look this up now. No, UMass did split. They lost. They they lost the game to Merrimack. Okay, and uh, and how about Minnesota State five and three? They still don't deserve it. Penn State eight and zero. Okay, let me go through the rest of them. Six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Ohio State in at number six, seven, one, and one. Boston University at four and three. Number seven. I think they are highly overrated. Paul, uh, number eight, Not UMass yet. five, one, and one. Number nine, Minnesota State, five and three. Number ten is Quinnipiac at three, one and two. I think they are also highly overrated. Paul, your thoughts on uh, your six or ten? Uh, I think Ohio State. I might have even moved up in a spot or two. Um, and I know it's not right. Necess- I know it's not theoretically right to to hold them to what happened last year. So I need to once again. I need to see them. St- I mean, uh, number six is still pretty darn high. Yeah, and I've but, got a few calls coming in there going like, hey, we played nine games for seven, one, and one. What's wrong with that? Nothing. That's why they're okay. there. But That's still. why he, he – there, and, and these guys are saying, we showed you, Paul. We're the – got to keep showing me. you got to keep showing me. <laughs> All right, 11 through 16. Uh, UMass Lowell at number 11 at 5 and 3. Penn State, number 12 at 8 and 0. Paul, they're undefeated, and they're yeah, number 12 in your poll. St. Cloud, seven and matter. They're 13th. Um, Stop. What? Stop. We got to go 14. Duluth. I, under, four no, no, four. I, under, I understand. No, no, stop. 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 Five that whole time out. And 16, the Arizona State Sun Devils are in at five and four and number 16 in the Super 16. Okay. Defend yourself. Uh, I don't know. The last 
three spots were a scramble. And I looked for every which way I could not to keep those three teams, that to put those three teams there, and I just couldn't figure out a way. <laughs> I just couldn't. I, I, hear I, you. I couldn't do it. Everybody um, wants to know how Penn State and St. Cloud are 12 and 13. Um, I don't know because they play games. They have well, yeah. Well, I can. First of all, uh, yes, Penn State is eight. No, uh, Canisius, Canisius, Mercyhurst, Mercyhurst, St. Thomas, St. Thomas. Okay, so you want that answer? There you go. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Okay, and you know, St. Cloud is 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 has has might be. A, but St. Thomas, St. Thomas, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, you know, they want they beat Minnesota State at home, okay. But then they went on the road and lost Bemidji, and they and they won it and they won at home against. Just I don't know. I just don't believe in them yet. I need to see more. We'll he needs to see week. more, Paul. Our, we'll, uh, we'll find out this he week. Needs won't to we? see more. <laughs> Go into Magnus right. and show me. Okay. Just like I'll say to ASU, go into Magnus and show me. I love it. I love it. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. I'll connect us with uh, Jason Coomer, the uh, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Lindenwood University. Paul will uh, will stall with some more talk, probably about ASU. And, uh, and then when we get Jason on, we'll get started and we'll talk uh, what's going on with the Lindenwood Lions in about three minutes. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel towards the goal. He scores. Gail Carr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My hockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey thrilled to have you with us the nation's top teams america's number one conference is back see every play every hit every goal on nchc.tv your home for more than 100 live games stream anywhere from the start of the season, leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303 943 3772. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is Monday night. So it's time for analytics and eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you in Phoenix, Arizona tonight. Paul Hornstein joining me as usual from about 10 feet below sea level on Long Island, New York. Paul, I'm going to let you take it for a minute while I connect with our guest tonight, the uh, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Lindenwood University, Jason Coomer, in just a minute. 
I'll let you know when we're back. Well, uh, hopefully at least he comes back anyway. Um, all right, so we have the other polls, the, the polls that don't really count as much, but uh, we'll give those out. Uh, the USCHO has Michigan, Denver, Minnesota, St. Cloud, and UMass is one through five. Minnesota State, Quinnipiac, UConn, Ohio State, North Dakota, six through ten. BU, Notre Dame, Penn State, Providence, and Harvard, uh, ten to fifteen. Uh, Northeastern, UMass, Lowell, Western Michigan, Minnesota, Duluth, and Bemidji, uh, at sixteen through twenty. Uh, for the USA Today, USA Hockey uh, poll, uh, top five: Michigan, Denver. The other maroon and gold teams, St. Cloud and UMass, one through five. Quinnipiac, Minnesota State, UConn, Ohio State, and Penn State, six through ten. Uh, North Dakota, Notre Dame, BU, Providence, and Harvard, 11 through 15. Uh, 16 through 20, Northeastern, Lowell, Western Michigan, Duluth, and ASU. So, as you can see, even with the folks that... Uh, I don't know, have a lot of people voting. There's still a lot of varied uh, numbers. The USA Today poll has uh, Michigan and Denver getting 15 first-place votes. Um, the other maroon and gold team with three and St. Cloud with one. Uh, USA, uh, the USC Joe poll, Michigan with 22 first-place votes, Denver with 15, uh, the other maroon and gold team with five, St. Cloud six. UMass won, and even UConn uh, with the first place. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but um, UConn definitely uh, rising up fast as uh, they attempt to make their first ever NCAA tournament. So um, that is uh, Hockey East making a rebound this year. Um, uh, the NCHC has struggled a little bit, as we know, in, in non-conference play this All year. Right, I mean, Paul, I think we got our guest yeah. here. Do it. Yeah, let's bring him on. I'm asking. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure tonight to bring on the uh, vice president of intercollegiate athletics at Lindenwood University, the newest NCAA hockey program. Jason Coomer has joined us. Jason, Scott, and Paul with you tonight. First of all, how are you? How are things in St. Louis, Missouri? You know, it's great to be on with you guys. I appreciate the uh, the invite, but no, things are great here. Um, it's a really exciting time, as I know you've all talked about and covered. And, you know, with uh, this move to Division One uh, for all of our sports, you know, we had a few that were already Division One, But it's really exciting when you, uh, you have 30 Division One sports and, and one of those just happens to be a first-year NCAA program, let alone a uh, Division One sport in men's hockey. So we're really excited and uh, looking forward to what the future holds. Jason, before we uh, dig into things a little bit, a um, couple of things I want to tell you is I had a chance to see – your team played their very first uh, game at Minnesota. I had a chance to watch practice the day before, and I told uh, Coach Zombo, who's a good friend of mine, I said, uh, Coach, when you guys went on the ice at Mariucci Arena, you looked a little starstruck. Not him, but the players. But when they came off the ice, they looked like an NCAA hockey team. And I don't know how that transpires. And he basically told me, Jason, that um, he had the guys look around and go like, you know what? The ice sheet's still the same. Uh, everything is the same. It's a little wider here at Minnesota, but we'll get used to it. And, um, boy, they became NCAA athletes in one practice. Is, is that just phenomenal? You know, it is. And it doesn't surprise me at those guys. And it all starts at the top with Coach, you know, Coach John Bowes. Um, when you have someone at the helm that's just a, a leader like he is, has had the life experience as well as the hockey experiences uh, leading these young men, uh, you kind of expect that, you know, things like you're mentioning are, are going to happen. And, you know, that's something we're talking about or we're talking about as a department. Um, we're not just happy to be invited to the party. You know, we're not going to be a guest at the dinner table, if you will. You know, we go into every road trip and I've told the kids is that, you know, hope is not a strategy. And when you get on that bus or you get on that plane, if you don't expect to win, don't get on. And that's not arrogance or cockiness or anything along like that that's just confidence you always give your opponent um the respect they're due they're due but you don't give them too much respect and you better have some swagger about you especially at this level and i think that's what you're you're um talking about with our guys up in minnesota is that 
they got there, they got acclimated, and uh, you saw what happened on, on day two of their trip up there. Yeah. So they definitely yeah, they can they can definitely compete at this level, and they're going to win. They're going to surprise some people. I did get a phone call from administrator at uh, Minnesota on that Monday, uh, someone I've known for a long time. And he said, Jason, I'm telling you, you guys are going to win, and you're going to win faster than what people expect you to. So, you know, that's a that's a great start. That's a great compliment, and uh, I got full confidence in these guys and especially with our coaching staff. I, I'll put them up against anyone. Jason, here's, yeah, here's, yeah. here's a question. As, as I sit here and I watch these games, and I try to watch as, 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 you know, as you know, we cover a bunch of different teams, or at least focus on them. We try to get a little bit of everything. But as I watch the games, I know I sit there, and, and as, I, as, as the games go on, I, I have to kind of remind myself that this is a first-year program. You find yourself doing that too, because some of these games have been really, really close against top teams. You know that's a great point. I think it's easy to lose sight that this wasn't a Division two team transitioning to Division one. You know, we won an ACHA championship last year, right. and we played our first NCAA hockey game. Period, uh, opening up at Minnesota and following that up the next weekend at uh, Michigan. Um, and when you're looking, you're watching, you know, you're watching on TV or you're watching live stats and you see, man, we're in this or we're at Michigan, we're up 2-0 in the first. You don't really think about it being a first-year team, you know, especially when you see these guys get off the bus or get off the plane. I mean, we're big. Right. Uh, we don't, you know, we stack up, you know, with size-wise with everybody we're, we're going against. And losing sight of that is easy to do, but I can tell you that um, – our expectations and our confidence in our guys doesn't matter if it's a first year program or it's their 25th year. It doesn't matter to us. We go in with the mentality that we want to compete at the highest level. We'll play anyone anywhere. And if we're going to build a championship program, that's exactly what we're going to have to do. And, and, and Rich really ingrained that in the minds of not only his players and his staff, but also our department um, and our support staff. So, yeah, it's easy to lose sight of it, but you know it's it's been one heck of a ride so far, and we expect great things to come sooner than what uh, many people may have projected. Jason, tell us a little bit about the environment, not only at Lindenwood, but what you've seen so far, so early in the year, and only having two home games at this point. Um, what's it been like in St. Louis and around the campus? Well, I can tell you that first weekend we opened up against Air Force and bringing Division One men's hockey back uh, to the St. Louis, St. Charles area in, in over 40 years. You know, we weren't quite sure what, what was going to happen, what that turnout was going to be, uh, you know, when we dropped that puck there to get it going. And what I can tell you is that place was rocking. It felt like the roof was going to come off the Centene <laughs> Center, which is just a state-of-the-art facility I'm sure you've seen. Uh, that we uh, partner with the Blues and the, and the city of Maryland Heights. But um, just a phenomenal response to uh, Division One men's hockey. And, and let's not lose sight, we've had Division One women's hockey here for a while. So uh, we're not new to Division One hockey circles by any stretch of the imagination. But that weekend, for example, uh, getting those guys off for their first game was amazing. Now, as far as this move to Division One, I mean, you can't go anywhere. Uh, wearing a Lindenwood shirt in the St. Louis, St. Charles uh, market. We're 15 minutes from the St. Louis airport without someone asking about the Division One or someone saying, hey, I just got my season tickets. Um, typically, when you go through a process, when you make the move to Division One, you know, you'll have that media cycle after the announcement. People will be interested. And then maybe a month or two after that, um, it hasn't slowed down for us. I mean, we're taking media requests weekly. Our coaches, um, our staff, our university president, you know, Dr. John Porter, um, you would have thought it would have slowed down, but there's just such a high level of interest in what Lindenwood is doing athletically. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. So we're, we're really excited about it, and we, uh, we hope it continues on, and we expect it to continue. So – as you made the move from uh, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, um, which is, I guess, is about 30 minutes from Lindenwood, um, you don't usually, um, and, and they transition too, right? So how different was it there uh, as, as to what you've been dealing with here at Lindenwood? Yeah, you know, I, I joke because you don't really find uh, – 
an administrator that goes through two transitions. Usually one's enough for them in their career. Um, I, I was uh, crazy enough to try and do it twice. So right. I just came across the river. You know, I drive a different way to work now. And, um, you know, th- there's a lot of differences. You know, I, I did the first one in 2008. You know, it was a four-year right. transition at that point. And I'll use the word transition with you guys on here. But what I can tell you is one of the things I learned going through that process the last time is the word transition, nothing good comes from. You know, I've told my staff, our student-athletes, our coaches, we don't even use that word. That's that's taken out of the dictionary because transition is simply an excuse. It's a crutch. It's almost, uh, you talk about it too much, and your kids start believing it, that, well, we're in transition, so we're not supposed to win. You know, that mindset doesn't even walk on our campus. I want it out of there. Uh, So we put that to the side. So that was one thing I learned going through it the first time. But um, what I can tell you, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with it. You know, you're going to have some teams that are going to be more prepared to make that move than others. That's, that's just how it goes. You're going to see um, some early wins uh, and maybe some surprising wins. But it goes back to uh, what I said earlier. If you get on that bus and you don't expect to win, um, when you get into games and they can go 50-50 either way, if you get on that bus hoping to win, you're not winning those games. So it's a mindset we have to change, and we've already you know, made a lot of progress from that standpoint. Uh, with our coaches and student athletes, and, and they're getting those early wins against some opponents that uh, across the board people would not have expected. So, you know, just that's one thing going through it, but I can tell you it is hard. There's a reason it's a four-year process. Um, you'll you'll read some things about, well, why is it four? Why isn't it two? You know, when I went through this the first time, you could fast track two sports, one men's sport, one women's sport. Right. And they only had to sit out for two years. We don't have that available to us uh, at this point. They've changed that rule, which is, you know, it makes it a little bit tougher in recruiting. Obviously, that's another challenge you'll see. But what I have found with, you know, uh, potential student athletes, PSAs, as we say, you know, they, they want to know two things. They want to know what your schedule looks like. and They want to know your facilities. And when you look at men's hockey, let's look at our schedule. I'd be happy to talk to any recruit about our schedule. <laughs> three, of the, three of the four Frozen Four teams from last year and national right. champion in, in Denver. So I think we checked that box. You want to play against the highest level? Come to Lindenwood. You're going to do it, and we're going to go anywhere, anytime. And then you look at our facility. I think we checked that box as well. It's probably a top three facility of its kind in America. Uh, you come down, you see our locker rooms, you see the access we have, our own entrances. You pull up and you see the blues on the side of the building with the Lindenwood. Um, those type of things I didn't have when I went through this the first time. So I would say our infrastructure, our facilities are, are further ahead uh, than what I had previously from a scholarship standpoint. Uh, we've got that ramped up faster than what people would have expected. So just operationally and infrastructure, that's probably the biggest difference um, that I see right now is what we have available to us that a lot of schools that have been division one for 10, 15, 20 years don't have what we have uh, in year one. Okay, now, on top of that, was there anything, because your, your former uh, place of employment didn't have ice hockey, uh, have you seen anything that's specific to ice hockey, whether it's men's or women's, uh, that maybe you weren't expecting when you came over to Lindenwood? You know, nothing really that, that's really stood out or surprised me. Obviously, the recruiting cycle and, and that recruiting calendar is a little bit different in hockey than it is uh, than some of your other team sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have older freshmen. Uh, you have more developed freshmen. Um, you have older teams. So that's a little bit different than what I've seen with uh, other sports that I've worked with. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody's out there competing to win. And, you know, my philosophy, and I went, when I went through the interview process, you know, they said, well, what's your philosophy? And it's like, give your coaches the tools and the assets they need to be successful and get out of their way. Um, you're not going to see me in Rick's locker room uh, after the first period saying, well, Rick, you know, I really think you should start the second like this. So first of all, you know Rick as well as I do, and you know how that would go. Oh, 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 yeah, that would go over real well. I think you should try it. I need to go put the pads on. I would need an escort to my car at the end of the night. So we're not going to go there, okay? Um, but I'm a former coach as well, and I, I know what it's like to be in that locker room to be with those kids. Um, but giving those coaches and those kids, the, the student-athletes, the resources they need to be successful and let them go do what they do. There's a reason they're at Lindenwood. It's because they're good enough. There's a reason we have the coaches in place uh, that we do because they know how to win. 
so if you're going to send your son or daughter here uh, to Lindenwood to play hockey, you don't need your athletics director and they're telling you, uh, you know, in the locker room what you're going to draw up night in and night out. I, I pay people to do that. Jason, I got to tell you, um, we we thought maybe Rick needed his temperature taken when we saw the roster on paper uh, earlier this year, and we saw how many freshman defensemen we had. And we had him on, and we asked him, both Paul and I did point blank. We said, Coach, how are you going to survive this schedule this first year with these freshmen? And he said, you know what? I just I just take the best players and I groom them, is what he told me. And I'm going like, man, oh, man, he has done a fantastic job already this season uh, just with his defensive core, not to mention anything else. Well, you know, I'll tell you this, and, you know, Rick, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, he, he's a tough guy, you know, tough competitor, um, no question. He's very, he knows what it's going to take, and he will not um, sacrifice anything, integrity, character, anything to get where he needs to be with his program. But what a lot of people don't get to see that I've seen um now, I didn't go into the locker room. I was out in, in the team area. I want to make this clear at the Air Force game between periods because I was curious pregame. So, um, Coach loves his kids. There's no question. If you saw him in the locker room pregame or postgame, um, those are all his, his sons. And, you know, while he may, uh, you know, have to push them, and I want him to push them, you know, night in and night out to be the best they possibly can. At the end of the day, he'd do anything for any of those players in his locker room. And, you know, they see that. He knows it. You know, some people or fans out in the public aren't going to see that. But if you want to know the type of guy you're playing for, I've seen it. Um, and I know how much he cares about him. And that's, I think that's why he can push him hard. And, and, you know, they don't push back. They want to be developed. They want to get better. It's easier to do that when you know your coach cares for you. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of these young guys. Well, we just would imagine it might help him a little bit if he was a little bit more uh, open and a little less shy about uh, voicing his opinion and so forth. Well, you know, so. he, I, I think we're meeting tomorrow at 9 a.m. And, uh, you know, depending on when he listens to this, I'm sure I'll get a uh, scouting report on, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, I should have mentioned this or that. But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding, you know, joking about it. We've got a great relationship. But, um, he has never um, shy to tell me, you know, what his opinion may be. And I don't want him to be. I don't want any coach to be um, shy to tell me what they're thinking. You know, as, as the athletics director, uh, you need that honest feedback from those guys. That's the only way you're going to help make their program better is to listen. So, um, you know, while Rick, uh, <laughs> like you said, he, he's not shy. <laughs> but I tell you what, I wouldn't want it any other way. Jason, no, let, me tell, let me tell you real quick that. Uh, him and I have known each other since his days of playing uh, hockey at North Dakota years ago. That tells you how old both of us are. Uh, but anyway. Uh, well, he was 42 the other day, so I'm guessing like you're 41 or 43. Yeah, you wish. Oh, you <laughs> try, wish. Try something that starts with a six, Coach. <laughs> but anyway, when we were uh, when we were talking, and we hadn't uh, really gotten together again since, uh, I don't know, maybe four years ago when I went over there and I said, you know, uh, I need to sit down and visit with you. And then he, he recognized me and we started talking and we, we started going back and forth. And I realized this was the same Rick Zombo that, that I knew back in college and, and really hadn't changed much. And uh, I kept grilling him and it took me about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes until all of a sudden uh, we were like old friends again, chatting it up. But um, funny story is uh, I wasn't able to make it to the national championship that you guys won at the ACHA level. So I sent uh, one of my vice presidents who uh, does ACHA hockey for us. And he's younger, he's uh, just turned 30. Uh, so uh, he got down there and I was telling him, I said, you gotta go talk to Rick. But I said, you know, just don't let him intimidate you. And uh, he called me after the first meeting with Rick and he said he shook, he shook in the chair for about 10 minutes before, before he was finally able to get comfortable and I said, oh, that's just Rick. That's the way he works. But um, so now I think him and Steven are, are friends too. But um, sure. it, that's an environment. And uh, I get both sides, but I get uh, how he can be so personable. I also get how he wants to have that image and, and portray that image. And, and God bless him. He's, he's a great man. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I understand exactly what you're, you're talking about. I remember the first time that we met. And, you know, I had heard, heard a little bit about Rick and um, I'm like, not sure how this is going to go, but we're going to, we're going to find out real quick. And, um, guys, I got to tell you, I mean, he, he was just such a professional and I mean, that's how he conducts and carries himself. And, um, I know he has, uh, there's times when he has to be firm, but at the end of the day, he, he's like the rest of us. He goes to the grocery store, just like we do. He's tossing, you know, gets gas. I mean, <laughs> that's what people forget. You know, these coaches, you know, while they're in a high stress environment, at the end of the day, they're, they're not a whole lot different than, than you and I, and Rick's no different. But, hey, I tell you what, if um, you have a daughter and you, uh, uh, you know, you have someone coming over for the first time, maybe to, to take her to a school <laughs> dance, he'd be the yes. perfect guy sitting there waiting to, to meet that young man. Yes, <laughs> no stuff. doubt. Uh, okay, I want to ask you a little bit about your background because – Paul was telling me before he came on, he goes like, yeah, I can take Jason in tennis. I know I can whoop him. And I'm going yeah, like, okay. I don't think you can. <laughs> Tell us about your background, Jason. You know, it's funny when you started out with the analogy about the ice and the dimensions that Rick was, uh, you know, sharing with the guys uh, up in Minnesota, it, it kind of took me back to my roots growing up in Southern Indiana and uh, the movie Hoosiers came out and they go in Hinkle Field House where Butler plays now. And yep. you know, they, they did the same, uh, the same exercise when they walked into that place and it looked so much bigger than their gym at home. So, you know, I grew up there, um, you know, did my undergrad at the University of Southern Indiana, played college tennis there. Um, Spent uh, the next two years at Ohio State, which is where, where I started working with hockey for the first time uh, with men's and women's hockey at Ohio State when I was getting a master's in sports management in the graduate system department. And then moved on for five years uh, to Paul in Chicago and then came down to SIU Edwardsville for 14 years uh, during that process to move to Division One. And you know, I was in a good situation. I didn't need you know make a jump uh, i'd never been the type of guy just to jump at jobs to jump at them um, i was more focused on jumping at the right ones and when i heard of linda wood was uh an opportunity that became available i got a few calls about it and did my homework and looked at what was in place and looked at uh, the leadership and what dr porter's vision was and uh, it took very little time for me to say you know what I i'm in I i'm going to try and go after this and uh, especially you know having the only athletics department in the St. Louis market that has Division One hockey, Division One basketball uh, for men and women, as far as basketball and hockey and, and football. Um, so we're we're kind of unique in that space. So that's um, been my process, you know, my journey over over time, and uh, just excited that it kind of came to this point where, you know, I get to go uh, to Centene and I watch Division One hockey. Now, albeit not a whole lot on the men's side with only two home weekends, but we're going to fix it for next year. And uh, uh, we're already talking about that. But now that's been my path to uh, to Lindenwood. All right. So you, you brought it up. So I'll ask, uh, you have an, an estimate in how many home games you guys will get next year? Uh, we're already double digits right now. Okay, cool. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we're making a lot of progress. Well, I shouldn't say we. Rick and his staff are making a lot of progress on that. We actually went through it today. And um, we got a few more weekends we're trying to fill. I'm not sure if they'll be home or away, but our schedule, as far as that balance, home and away, will look entirely different next year, which is kind of what we expected for year two. Jason, as you know, uh, Paul and I both watch uh, Arizona State transition, and that's when I started this company was knowing that uh, – ASU was starting a Division One hockey program, and and after being in the golf world for a number of years, I decided that time to get back into hockey and and do this. But um, we knew what it was going to be like, and people said, you know, can Arizona State compete? Well, I was just in in Vegas where they beat North Dakota three two this last Saturday night, but the players were telling me that uh, everywhere they went in Vegas, people were going like so. Arizona State, did, how long have they had hockey? Uh, have they? Where do they play at? Uh, and this is a team that's been around for, what, six years, seven years now almost? Um, so are you experiencing that too with Lindenwood? Or because of the huge success in, in the St. Louis market, it's a little different? Or do you expect that to be the case too when you go places? You know what? Um, in the St. Louis market, no, not at all. Um, we, we've had a heavy marketing campaign behind uh, hockey here. Um, 
as we launch this, uh, you know, this season. And also we've been doing a lot of work with the Blues. And the Blues have been a great partner uh, with helping us get our brand, get our name out there in the St. Louis market with having Division One men's and women's hockey. Um, so I, it's not a surprise here. Now I think going outbound, you know, playing the schedule that we're playing, maybe that first go around, people are going to be questioning it. But if we keep doing what we've been doing as far as from a competitive standpoint, I think in year two, we go back to Ann Arbor, we go to Minneapolis, wherever it may be. I don't think you're going to see fans saying, oh, how long have you been Division One, Or are you guys Division One, Or, you know, tell me about it. Um, I think we're making some some waves already. And if you go and you look at social media, you look at media um, releases and, and everything out there in the college hockey market, um, it's not really a secret. And, you know, that's something that we've worked hard on. You know, you talked with Rick. Rick's been doing a ton of, of interviews uh, to try and put the brand out there. Um, so I, I don't know that we're going to have that same – same response. I guess time will only tell. I think when you are FBS and FCS, I could see uh, from an FBS standpoint how hockey may um, not always be at the forefront in some of the schools like it is out in Tem- or like they're experiencing out in Tempe. But make no no bones about it. The you know Arizona State is just. I mean, they can compete at the highest level. Obviously, you just showed what they did last weekend. So they um, they're a top notch program. We're actually going out there to play them this year. And uh, we're excited for the opportunity to, to skate with them and go out and compete. You're, you're going to be out there on my birthday, by the way. So Rick's going to have to buy me dinner. Can well, you fix this? Spe- so we'll have to figure something else out, okay? Well, listen, first of all, uh, smart, that's smart scheduling because the middle of February is when you want to be in Tempe. <laughs> that's first of all. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, like I said, Rick's a veteran. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, no doubt about that. Because those are those are prime visits at that point. So um, the other thing is, and I, I'm sure you've discussed it with him. Um, and, and this is something that people may or may not realize. Uh, first of all, being in the growing hockey market that is St. Louis, especially in the the youth hockey uh, situation, you guys are pretty much the closest. Division One program to most of the state of Illinois, which produces tons and tons of players, but there's no D1 hockey in, in that state anywhere. So, yeah, you know, have you guys talked about that at all? Is do, 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 do you have to kind of look at it and say, hey, we have to kind of take advantage of that situation? Well, we were trying to keep it a secret until you just brought it up. So, you know, crowding us. <laughs> oh, way really to go, Paul. Yeah, I'm sorry. Our recruiting efforts. But no, we, we, you know, from a geographic standpoint, uh, I mean, it's a great point. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Rick and his, his staff are, I mean, those guys, there's no stone unturned with, with this crew. Uh, I'm not sure when they sleep, but I, I know they do. I just don't know when. Uh, but we know geographically there, there's a ton of talent. You don't have to go too far from home to find great players. You know, our goal is to keep those those guys at home. Um, you know, there may be some you get, you know, straight into your program. Right. Uh, there may be some you have to pick up on the back end from a transfer status standpoint. But you're always going to recruit them because you never know if they go away. They may want to come home at some point or come closer. So definitely a, a, a talent pool that cannot be overlooked, and it's not overlooked. And it just so happens for us to go recruiting, it's a whole lot more cheaper. It's a whole lot cheaper for <laughs> us Yeah. To jump in the car and go see some kids and just jump on a plane. So very much aware of it. It's a, it's a great – uh, opportunity for us, and I can tell you that uh, we're already capitalizing on it. Okay, so from a, a different point of view, from the administrative point of view, um, I, I know you have your, and, and Scott has seen it, and I haven't, so I have to kind of ask these questions. Uh, from a facility standpoint, um, you, you've got it basically an NHL uh worthy practice you know they practice there you guys play your home games there as an administrator when you're always looking for that kind of an edge what are some of the things that maybe you go around have you you know with some of the trips maybe you've already made some of your planning to make um what are some of the things you might be able to look at from a facility type of standpoint to 
to institute at Lindenwood or improve on or maybe something you weren't aware of that, that somebody brought to your attention? Uh, are, are those kinds of things something that um, you have had to come across your desk at this point, or is it a little too early for that because the Blues basically obviously uh, have to be partnering with you on this? Well, you know, what, what I would tell you is when I took this job, I had not been in the Centene Center. After I took the job, I had a visit over there just through a site uh, or right. a facility, walked her. And when I pulled up this facility, I was like, where are we going? <laughs> and, so, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Um, I pull up this thing and it is, it's an NHL worthy practice facility. It has three indoor sheets of ice and then one outdoor that they just put in last week. It's got a concert pavilion at it. It's got restaurants in it. It's got, um, basically, you know, it's got, um, convenience store. I mean, this thing has got (laughs) everything in it and to see what, you know, how our, our team is treated out there. We're not treated as. Um, you know, someone that's just coming in as a guest. I mean, we have our signage up on the building. Our (laughs) coaches have their own private entrances into their offices. Uh, We have our training areas out there. We are locker rooms. You know, we have four locker rooms out there. Um, So to ask, you know, what would we add right now short of a barbershop or some type of slide that takes Rick Brady's office out to the ice so he doesn't have to walk as much? I'm not sure what else we would need to add at this point. By the way, is from a size capacity standpoint, it holds about 2,500 people. Right. You get that place full, and, you know, we want to make this ticket one of the most uh, difficult tickets to get in St. Louis, you know, having Division One hockey in a 2,500-seat arena, the season tickets that we think we can sell. I mean, this is going to be a significant home ice advantage. Um, and I've been to other places. I've worked at them. Um when you have a 15, 20,000 seat arena, I mean, it's great walking up to it, but if you only got half of that lower bowl or that lower bowl fill, it's, it feels pretty open. Right. And the great thing about our facility, you know, if you play here, um, those fans are going to be right on top of it. Our student section was tremendous. Um, they just were all around the arena, you know, on the glass and just created an unbelievable uh, atmosphere. So I don't know that I would sit there and say, we absolutely have to have this right now because Quite frankly, we got a lot going on out there that if a okay. group walks through it and they they didn't have an idea what they were walking into, they'd be like, "Wow, um, facility is not going to be a reason we don't get a get a player." Okay, Jason, like I me, said, I haven't been there, so I, yeah. I, I mean, you know, let they me leave me locked in my quick, basement. <laughs> yeah. Let me follow <laughs> that up real quick, because Jason, I'll tell you, I had that same feeling the first trip that I made to Lindenwood. We were talking about. Uh, ACHA facilities, and I was watching Arizona State play really good ACHA hockey in uh, at Oceanside. I saw Arizona play down at uh, the um, uh, Tucson Convention Center. I saw UMLV playing at that time up in the Ice uh, Ice Center in uh, Las Vegas, which was ridiculous. And I walked in, and I saw the signage, and I saw the building, and I told Rick, I said, oh, now I know why you guys win championships and are always at the top of this level. I mean, you're first class. And he goes, yeah, I said, it, it doesn't hurt. And I said, what do you mean it doesn't hurt? I mean, this is it. This is how you recruit hockey players at any level when you have these kinds of facilities. So it was just a matter of time. And I think we all kind of felt that, that that was going to be the transition. And, and now I can tell you, Jason, what I see out here, at least in the West, is people ask me everywhere I go, they go, what's Lindenwood like? And and how did they do it? And uh, And there's people with eyes now that, um, would never mention the possibility of going NCAA hockey that are now saying, hey, if Lindenwood can do it and Arizona State can do it, we can do it. Do you feel that as well? Well, you know, I, I had that question last week. I was at a uh, conference um, with some colleagues, and there was a school that was, you know, looking at the, the transition process. And he's like, can you share with me, you know, what you think, your thoughts on it, you know, operationally and facility-wise. And, and we went through a lot of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, anybody can say, yeah, I want to make this move. They can put their application and go for it. But if you don't have the leadership in place at the presidential level and your board of trustees, it's not going to matter. And what I can tell you, Lindawood, the thing that doesn't maybe get talked about enough uh, when they say, well, you know, how are you guys doing it? 
well, the support of our board and our president has been unwavering. And, you know, knowing you have that backing, because this is not an easy lift. It, it takes a lot of work. You have to have a great staff in place, but you also have to have that backing and that support uh, administratively from, from campus. Um, that's something that gets lost in all this. And I can tell you, you know, Dr. Porter was there for that opening weekend. And I think he was cheering as loud as anybody in the building. <laughs> um, and he's just a competitor. He, he loves uh, competition, whether it be in academic research, whereas in athletics, uh, competing for championships. But that's something I would, I would share if, if schools are looking at it. And, and athletic directors know this, but the fans out there may not necessarily think about that, how critical that is and know that you have that support. Okay, Jason, so other, what, what, get one more really no problem, and I'll, I'll get to you. Um, Jason, a lot of people said that at Arizona State, I know Coach Powers told us that uh, they expect to be the number three uh, revenue generator at Arizona State in athletics behind football and basketball. And, and I think they're right there already. So uh, when I was in San Diego a month or so ago, they were going like, hey, you know, we can uh, maybe jump into this thing and be the number two revenue generator or number three revenue generator right here in San Diego State. And I'm guessing that's kind of how you feel with Lindenwood hockey, too. It can it can jump up that high. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, like we said, this, you know, you hear it's a hockey town. You hear that all around the country. Right. So, you know, what I'm saying, you know, St. Louis, St. Charles area is a hockey town. I mean, that gets said a lot, but it really is. I mean, when you look at the support um, that we've gotten uh, from the local hockey community, there's no question that we're just scratching the surface here with, um, you know, what could, you know, be a reality here in the next few years as we scale this up um, throughout this four-year process and, quite frankly, even before. So it, we're not lost on that. It's um, We're very conscious of the fact that there's a lot of potential here, not only from, you know, a, a ticket revenue um, or, you know, just operations when you're looking at things in-game, but also from a philanthropic standpoint, uh, I think there are a lot of people out there that want to get on board, whether it's, um, you know, with their philanthropic giving or, or from a sponsorship standpoint. So it's you're spot on i think you know hockey has that potential uh we're aware of it and you know we're right now our, our main focus is putting the right foundation in place for this program uh building it the right way and you know we can we can cut corners uh to win a few more games early on operationally or things like that but you know that's not sustainable long term you know we, we got to make sure that foundation is solid because we're looking to win ch championships for many years to come uh, when we have that opportunity, uh, we're not looking at just a one-year snapshot or a two-year snapshot. We're, we're in it for the long haul. Okay, so I, I have to bring this up because I I can't imagine it hasn't been brought up to you uh, already. Uh, and it's 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 the obvious question, and it's still going on in 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 Tempe. And you know, full disclosure, that's my alma mater. Just so you know. Um, I warned him, Paul. Well, I just wanted to make sure. I've just and um, you guys are in a little bit of a different situation because of a geography and some other things going on around. Um, you, you know, the the the, the whole conference thing. Um, you guys are close enough to. Um, a halted program in 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 Huntsville, um, and another program that's in your that's in your other conferences, by the way. Uh, and Tennessee State has made no, you know, has publicly come out and said this is what we're trying to do. Um, have people, even if it's just kind of checking in and those kinds of things, um, in terms of a conference with with you guys. Because you guys are so centrally located, no one's going to have problems getting to you guys. I mean, I assume those discussions have come up, A, with, uh, like I said, getting into a league and, and, and uh, other schools coming to you guys and saying, hey, how do we do this? Yeah, I mean, in all transparency, yeah, we get those calls. And right. Have we had those conversations and just, I mean, very surface level. Absolutely. Right. Um, has there been, has there been interest out there? And the answer would be yes. 
Um, is it a lengthy process? Again, the answer is yes. But, you know, the one, one thing that's con- consistently coming up is there's, there's a few things we're going to ask about, a few things they want to know. Where are you going to be scholarship-wise? Are you going to be fully funded? Okay, we'll check that box. Right. Operationally, are we going to have the resources to compete in that conference from an operational budget standpoint? Again, we don't have a concern there. And then the third one is your facility. Is your facility going to be up to par for our league? And I kind of laugh at that one. I was like, well, you tell me. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have any issues from that standpoint. But, you know, living as an independent, I mean, it's not what we want. That's not right. a long-term sustainable plan. We know that and recognize it. Um, you know, when you have built-in home games, obviously, from being a part of a conference, that's obviously something you're trying to uh, make sure you have year in and year out. But, um I'm fully confident that we're, we're going to land in a good spot, um, you know, the right spot for Lindenwood University. Um, and I think whichever conference we end up in, we're going to be an addition and a valuable addition. And that's not arrogance or anything like that. We want to be a good uh, partner, a good, you know, member of the conference we join. Right. Um, but we want to make sure we join a conference also that, um, you know, it, wants Lindenwood because they know that we can compete at that level and we have the opportunity every year uh, to compete to to get that AQ and um, you know just to make waves in the college hockey world so again I don't think we're going to be as very far from that I think we're going to be ramped up a little bit quicker than what people may expect but that that conference discussion is one that I'm aware of, one that I've uh, part- or taken part in. Right, I assume I only that. hear it about 17 times a week. So <laughs> That's it? Jason, just remember which one of us asked that question. That wasn't uh, me. That was the guy on Long Island. Listen, <laughs> I, listen. I mean, they, well, listen, LIU has those issues too, right? They, I mean, but once again, like Lyndon would have. So I don't know. You two will have to work that one out. I wow. absolutely love it. Jason, we appreciate you coming on and, and telling us about Lindenwood University. Keep up the great work that you're doing. And uh, goodness gracious, you know, I can't wait to see you guys play out here in, uh, in Tempe. And I'm going to be there that weekend for sure. So I look forward to meeting you in person. And you're welcome on the show anytime you'd like, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. I want to make sure I just want to put this out there for maybe uh, any uh, any of your friends that could be uh, Arizona State alums. I don't appreciate 3 a.m. wake-up calls so I'm on the road, so let's not do anything <laughs> funny calling the hotel. Um, oh. I just want to put that out there right now, okay? <laughs> no, well, listen, I there's that. We don't do oh, that. No, that's I not going to happen. Stories. I've heard stories. I'm just really? saying. Really? <laughs> just plug, unplug the phone, Jason. Just unplug it. Well, Rick, Rick, Rick told me to keep an eye on you guys. I'm just telling you. Well, no, I get that, and you should. I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I just, I'm just asking these questions because what I do, you know, I don't like. Scott knows I don't like to cause trouble. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Jason, thanks so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing the Lindenwood Lions continue to climb that ladder of success. All right. Thank you, guys. You have a good evening. Yeah, you too. too. Thank you. That's Jason Coomer, the uh, vice president of intercollegiate athletics at Lindenwood University. What a great conversation. We love it. Uh, Paul, I I just want to ask you before we got a couple minutes left in the show, but it's always great to have uh, new guys on. And I call Jason new because if you remember how this all came to play, uh, Jason took over right after a pretty controversial uh, decision to yeah. continue and advance the, the promises that were made at Lindenwood and what a job he's done embracing it and taking it, uh, taking it to the next level, quite frankly. Well, listen, I mean, um, I, I, I'll just, you know, I'll just put it this way. I mean, uh, you got to take this head on and he's clearly done that. Right. Um, you know, he, he, he had a little bit of exposure, you know, back at Ohio state which gives you a little taste and, you know, and, and, and came in here and knew that he was dealing with a brand new program. Not easy. And no. under any circumstances, um, especially if you haven't really dealt with it for a while and you kind of get to get your footing. So, you know, and, and yeah, he was, a, he's been, a, he did have the heat. The one advantage he probably did have was a, he didn't have to move. Right. That and, doesn't hurt. Just go no. the other way. <laughs> yeah. And, and B, 
you know, a lot of the people that he's that he deals with on a regular basis are people he's been dealing with for a while. Because sure. he didn't have to switch conferences, uh, you know, for for the other sports at the school. So, yeah, exactly. Um, the the one thing that I think is is kind of cool is uh, they share that facility, at least the practice part of it, with the St. Louis Blues. And while they're partners, I can tell you, Paul, being there, there is a definition of where Lindenwood starts and stops, and where the St. Louis Blues start and stop. And yes, they will cross over, and yes, the players will tell you they see NHL players walking around the hallways and uh, in the locker room area and all of that type of thing. But this relationship between these two NHL and NCAA program is the way it's supposed to be. I don't want to throw <laughs> throw anybody under the bus, but they really? work together uh, in a uh, in a way that that you know. I mean, the St. Louis Blues are not piggybacking on uh, Lindenwood, and Lindenwood is not piggybacking on the St. Louis Blues. They're sharing. They're partners. They yeah, work well, together. Well, I'm sure the St. Louis Blues also pay their bills and, um, you know, and, and have a much, you know, they had a very big hand in, 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 in pushing this uh, move over the finish line. Absolutely. And, and one thing Jason talked about, he's absolutely correct. Uh, the Centene Center is beautiful, but it's got 2,500 seats. I'm sure you can get 3,500 in there if you pack them around standing because there's plenty of spots to stand in there. But they're comfortable with that. They yeah, like that. Uh, ASU's got 4,700, which is perfect for college hockey. Uh, the Colorado College Tigers built a new arena last year. That building, 3,200 people. Yeah, it's perfect. perfect for college hockey. Yeah. Um, so there has to be a definition. And if you're going to have NHL and NCAA together, they have to be partners. They can't be one piggybacking on the other either way. And uh, like I said, I didn't want to get into that topic, but I just thought no, I that, get it. Well, you, uh, you, don't want, you don't want one trying to big time the other. Right. And, and that is not the case in St. Louis. I mean, you pull into that place and you see Lindenwood first. You know the Blues are there, but the Blues don't come over and push and use and, and borrow and, you know, all those things. So I understand the situation here in, in Arizona. I understand why it's happening. But I think if you just em embraced it and shared it instead of tried to uh, reinvent the wheel and tell everybody how awesome it's going to be, uh, it would go a lot smoother. And Arizona State's doing exactly what Arizona State should do. They're playing great hockey in a great building, and um, th that's a college hockey venue. Yeah. And the NHL should come in and be on their hands and knees, basically uh, giving the Coyote or the uh, Sun Devils all the credit in the world for even letting them come in there. Well, because they didn't have to. Well, I don't know so much about the NHL, but there are certain parties that should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't want to get into this at this point. But nope. man, Jason, Kuma, what job. a great job! Uh, yeah. What a great job of coming on and, and explaining their situation and, and, and embracing it. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say this. I mean, from geography to the youth hockey situation and the 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 the, the size of the market. Right, they have they have a chance to to do big things, and without a doubt, and they also and and we know that um, people are looking at ASU as a gateway to stuff in the West. Um, I, I think people need to start understanding that Lindenwood could be that same thing. Um, you know who's looking at Lindenwood? Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean because they're right in that center part of the country. Right. I mean, you, you, they could be. The, they have a the, ways to go. They have a right. ways to go. I'm going to be honest with you on that. But UCO is not that far from St. Louis. Right, but that's that. That's my point. They can be that linchpin for a different set of geographies. And 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 showing places in that you know as you go south and, and and a little bit southwest and southeast that, hey, you can do this. And you don't have to get $100 million or be a Power 5 team. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's very well put. So. Okay. Well, take it away, my friend. Let's. Uh, I know we didn't get to the polls tonight, but we'll bring them up tomorrow. Well, no, I did bring them up. No, your your poll, but we didn't talk about the. No, I did. How did you bring them up? I talked about them while you were oh. getting Jason. Okay. Great job. I didn't. I didn't hear that. Well, you I never listen to me anyway. So, what difference does true, it make? True. And this way, I was on the phone, so I wasn't talking. <laughs> okay. Take sum- it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs have been brought to you by Dreams and Suites, Drury Plaza, Lake Buena Vista. The newest official Disney World Hotel is booking now at DruryHotels.com. The University of Central Oklahoma, two-time ACHAM1 champions and champions every day in the classroom at UCOHockey.net and UCO.edu. AT&T Wireless, where new and existing customers get our best deals on every smartphone. Buy summer skates, whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player. Show off your game and style with personalized shower shoes and koozies. See summerskates.com for more information. San Diego State University, the best of education, California college hockey, and lifestyle at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalies' needs better than we do. See our website for three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. Buy M-Drive supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Oklahoma University, join our 20th anniversary celebration. For schedule and ticket information, go to ouhockey.net. Peterson Toyota. Our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs new or pre-owned. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at JetsPizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate, subscribe, review, ITHSW podcasts, all one word when you search. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. I will tell you that uh, uh, maybe it was a little heavy on the eyeballs part tonight, but goodness gracious, what station with Jason Coomer, the uh, vice president of intercollegiate athletics at Lindenwood University. Um, no doubt that program is uh, in a good place and only going to get better, and we're thrilled to have them in our coverage area. Um, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day, and tell everybody to join us tomorrow night for uh, another edition of College Hockey West Live. Good night, everybody. Good night.